Gracias, mi amigos, for coming to the podcast. Top Turtle MMA Podcast is brought to you by Sisu Mouthguard. Sisu makes the world's thinnest, most lightweight, durable mouthguard ever invented. This ain't yo grandmama's mouthguard. You could talk, you can breathe, you can drink, all with the mouthguard in your mouth. If you do a high-impact sport or activity, what are you doing? Head on over to sisuguard.com. Your whole life is about to get easier. When you put on a Sisu mouthguard, it's like taking your chompers on vacation, but they're still protected. It's the best mouthguard ever invented. Head on over to sisuguard.com. We are also brought to you by Band Coffee. Band Coffee makes the world's strongest coffee. It's like a punch in the face if that punch in the face was delicious and had a bold aroma. Head on over to bandcoffee.com, enter in promo code TOPTURTLEMMA, all one word, and get yourself a 20% off discount. Sisu Mouthguards and Band Coffee brings you this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now. We are rolling. I am David Tremonti, joined as always by my co-host Daniel Gumby Vreeland, Top Turtle MMA podcast on FlowCombat.com. Gumby, we're in the middle of a UFC lull period. There are no fights. It's boring as fuck. <laughs> Nine out of ten news stories are about Connor and Floyd and Connor's training partners and boxing sparring. I'm sick of the whole thing. So you either, as a huge MMA nerd, which I know you are, you either have to live in UFC Fight Pass or come up with really stupid games to play, which is what we're going to do right now because Flow Combat is really the number one source and spot when you want to learn about process prospects up and coming in the fight world. So here's what we're going to do. You know we're a podcast that likes to just get right into it and talk fights. So here are the rules. Try to follow along at home. I will ask that the intern keep score while we do this, (laughs) the intern being me. And here we go. (laughs) Me and Gumby are going to draft UFC prospects with less than three fights. So We'll start at the lower weight classes and work with, our... With hopes that they will one day be champions, right? That, that That's, the, that's the, the premise. The premise is, yeah, we're trying to pick your future Connors, your future Rondas, your future GSPs. Which is, like, nearly impossible to do. Of course. You know, so when we do give you our picks here, please note that we're not saying that there are 15 more Connors out there, and, uh, but most likely to be the next big superstar. And big disclaimer, Gumby is the fight nerd and the prospect <laughs> nerd. He's like the Bill James of MMA fight prospects, so listen to him. I'm just going to pick people based off their fun nicknames and what I've seen of them. <laughs> All right. Uh, in, and what I've seen of them in the UFC, because I'm, I'm a UFC bubble kind of guy, whereas Gumby, I believe you watch other promotions. Oh, yeah. I watch lots of other promotions. And Flow Combat, again, they have a ton of minor league promotions. Like this past weekend, they had uh, Cage Titans, which was an awesome fight with uh, Manny Bermudez. So good stuff there. Make sure you check it out. All right, one giant commercial for our mothership, Flow Combat. <laughs> We're available there. Also, tune in Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever a podcast is being streamed. So we will start at the lower weights. Gumby, I'm going to flip a coin right now, and I need you to call it in the air. Heads or tails? Tails. All right, it came up heads. Do you want to pick first or pick second? I'll pick second. Okay, wow. I like I like putting the pressure on you because I have like eight people in every division that I love. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to struggle for like... Okay, here we go. All right, women's strawweight. Uh, so we have to go with a fighter that's less than three... Well, three fights or, or less. less in the UFC. So this one's an easy one for me. I am going with Cynthia Cavijo. Yeah. She is 3-0, and potential future champion. I already know that Dana White likes her because she's quite fetching and she's an exciting fighter yeah her, her grappling's super awesome yeah I, I think that that's the easiest 
division to pick, actually. Cynthia Calvillo uh, is definitely a future star. I'm going to go with somebody who's been inactive, though. Tatiana Suarez, who's a friend of the show, mm-hmm. only 1-0, won the Ultimate Fighter at strawweight. Uh, she's been out with like a myriad of injuries and other kind of stuff going on, but her grappling may be better than Cynthia Calvillo. So I, I think that she uh, could have a fast ticket to the top. And you know what else, too? If you remember from our interview with her, she's damn good on the mic. I do remember that. Now, what? why has she been out, Gumby? Um, I, I wish I could remember. I think originally there was a knee injury that kept her out of a fight. Um, but I'm not 100% sure why she's still not booked. It could, too, just be a little bit of, you know, they, they have a terrible time booking women. I mean, like, there's, like, one women's fight on every single card, um, and there's, you know, 12 fights per card. So, like, the divisions are underrepresented, but I, I think it's just been a couple of different injuries between her and her opponents. Yeah, so she's 1-0 in the UFC, right? She mm-hmm. beat Amanda Cooper yep. with a Darce choke, and that was back on July of 2016, so over a year. Yeah, she. I uh, just put the intern on it. She was supposed to fight uh, Juliana Lima back in December, but that uh, fight fell through because of a Suarez injury. Uh, so I'm assuming recovering from that then training camp and uh we should see her back soon hopefully all right well i like both our picks there i think they both have a bright future uh women's flyweight we're just not going to do because the division is too it's it's brand new there's like four girls in it if that so we'll go to men's flyweight everyone's favorite division who's going to be the prince who finally uncrowns the king uh of demetrius mighty mouse johnson looking at fighters who are uh less than three fights you don't have a ton of people who necessarily stand out. I'm basically deciding between two Brazilians because they're both 2-0. and You have Math- Matthias Nicolau and Alexandra Patoja. Pantoja. Who I remember from the Ultimate Fighter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was the one seed in the Ultimate Fighter Champions Edition. And I like that he won his fight against Neil Siri via submission in the third round. That was a rear naked choke. That was on the Ultimate Fighter... Uh, or sorry, that was on Fight Night Nelson versus Ponzinibbio just last month. I'm going with Pantoja. I like the name. I remember him from the Ultimate Fighter. And you know what? I can't really stand men's flyweight, but there you go. Who yeah. you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Naoke Inoue, uh, a Japanese feather, or, uh, flyweight. Uh, he won his debut fight when the UFC went to Asia last, which was... Korea, Japan, I can't remember where they were last time uh, he fought, but he looked absolutely phenomenal. He's got some of the craziest uh, transitions that I've ever seen out of any fighter, so super exciting to watch, and he's only 21, so plenty of time. No, wait, did you, I might have missed this, he's 1-0, correct? He's 1-0 in the UFC, yeah, so he just barely made his debut, I want to say it was like two months ago. It was June of 2017, he had a unanimous decision win over Carl's John de Tomas. Yeah, and he just looked phenomenal doing it so uh and he's like i said 20 maybe not even 21 maybe 20 um that's a good pick then and you know japan i mean what that's kind of a side story here who is the flag bearer for japanese fighting right now in mma i mean there there is sorry in ufc yeah there there isn't really one you're right because the ufc has never had a japanese champ um, or even an Asian champ, for that matter, have they? Um, they I mean, unless you count Gomi, didn't he get a, a draw for the title once? Or in the UFC? Way, way back in the day, right? No. Now, who am I thinking of then? Oh, um, who did BJ Penn fight with the, in the oh, draw? right. Cal Uno? Oh, Cal Uno. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, I knew it was like an old school Japanese <sighs> dude. Right. 
Um, all right, so there you go. That's Gumby's pick. That's men's 125. Do you want to do women's 135? Let's or? go women's 135. We'll go right. back and forth between men and women. All right, so now we'll go to women's 135. The division, formerly the queen, Ronda Rousey. Now the lioness stalks her prey. Amanda Nunes, the champion. Looking at fighters with less than three fights. Um, Not a whole lot there either. Not a ton there. I'm going to go with, and you know, she doesn't really rock my world per se, but I do like some of her hustle and her fight. Hasn't, you know, floored me with any of her performances. They've all been decision wins and then a split decision loss. I'm going with Caitlin Chukagian. Yeah, I kind of thought you were going to do that. She's, I mean, she's ranked like 13 in the UFC rankings. So, I mean, just, she's in a legit fighter. I, I, I like her, uh, but you're right. It's, it's nothing. Not- Nothing yeah. wows you, which is actually why I'm going to go with somebody who is yet to make her UFC debut. Has zero fights. I'm going to go with Aspen Ladd, mm. who's fighting out of the MMA Gold team. Uh, she was supposed to make her debut and fell ill right before she was supposed to fight Jessica I, I believe in London. Uh, she got sick, but uh, she's looked amazing uh, over in Invicta. So I, I really like her chances and another super young talent, too. So I. Maybe I'll just go with the youth all the way through this. Well, what do you think of Caitlin uh, Vieira, who's two and zero? Oh, I like Caitlin Vieira. She's supposed to fight. Um, she's got a fight coming up too. Um, damn it! Uh, against a big name, I want to say Sarah McMahon. Um, we'll have the intern look it up. Yeah, but... put the intern on that one. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I like her. Um, she's she's got a good BJJ game, but again, n- nothing wows me about any of the people in that division. Uh, yeah, she's fighting Sarah McMahon at ah. UFC 215 in Edmonton on September 9th, so that's upcoming. I did have that right. Um, all right, so we will move then to the men's 135, the division dominated right now by Cody Garbrandt, but of course you have former champs Dominic Cruz and TJ Dillashaw uh, also near the top of the heap. Very exciting division, really. When you look at fighters with less than three fights who have a chance... Um, you know, obviously, if this was, let's say, a year ago, I'd be picking Rob Font, who I've been massively impressed with ever since love, he came into the UFC. Love Rob Font. He's 4-1, <laughs> but since I have to go with a fighter who has less than three UFC fights, I will go with Brett Johns. He's 2-0. and I go by record. I like what I've seen so far. He's the Pikey. The Pikey. He's out of Wales. He's got wins over Quan Ho Kwok and Albert Morales. Uh, and that's who I'm going with. I'm going with Brett Johns. I, and I would say of your pick, so just in support of you here, I love Brett Johns. Just absolutely, he's got a crazy gas tank. He's the type of guy who like doesn't quit on any fight, and it just seems like his motor runs constantly. If anybody ever outworks him, I'll be super surprised. I mean, he could get beat, but not outworked. He is a former champion of Cage Warriors and Titan FC at Bantamweight. Yeah, so he, he's super exciting to watch. I'm going to go a different direction here. Um, I, I really like Matthew Lopez. Matthew Lopez is only two and one, um, but he's definitely on the rise. He's made his way into the UFC rankings with his last big win, um, which was over Johnny Eduardo. He knocked out Johnny Eduardo, um, who some people might remember uh, had a really big win over um, Eddie Wineland. So he kind of ended the Johnny Eduardo hype train. Um, and, and I like Matthew Lopez. Yeah, Matthew Lopez is a good one. Uh, wrestling base, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was from, what, Cal, Arizona State. 
He was from Arizona. Oh, is he one of like the 85 Arizona yeah. State wrestlers in yeah. the UFC today? And he's coming off a win over Johnny Eduardo at UFC 212. That's a good one, Gumby. I like it. Uh, we'll move to... Well, we'll skip women's 145. Yeah, because you can't pick the two divisions that have no fighters in them yet, yeah. right? Like, so we move to men's 145. Pretty exciting division. Uh, always one of the best divisions. As far as fighters with less than three fights... You know, you've a couple of guys who are three and zero. Arnold Allen out of Great Britain, Shane oh. Burgos. But he's uh, Arnold Allen's a tricky one to pick right now too because of his legal troubles. He just beat the shit out of somebody uh, at a Christmas party at a bar and might be going to jail. So he's kind of a tricky pick. <laughs> what a Grinch! Uh, Shane Burgos is three and zero, and then Jeremy Kennedy is three and zero out of Canada. Mm-hmm. We've had Jeremy Kennedy on the show, so he's a friend of the show. Um, I'm gonna go with who do I like better? between Shane Burgos and Jeremy Kennedy. I got to say, I'm going to go with Shane Burgos. And I'll tell you why. Because he has a win over Charles Rosa, who I think is oh, always... What, what a fight and that it was. was a fight of the yeah. night. It was back in April at UFC 210. I'll go with Shane Burgos because I liked what that performance against Charles Rosa. Charles Rosa is a notorious tough out. Yeah, I, I'm going to go... Uh, I feel like I'm the the like... Loser here picking the guys with like only one fight or something. I'm gonna go with Gavin Tucker, the Canadian dude. His hands were so fast in his debut that I, I was instantly on his high train. He beat the shit out of Sam Cecilia in his UFC debut. And there's speaking of guys who are tough outs, Sam Cecilia. I mean, he it wound up being a decision, but it was a decision that at no point in time was I like Sam Cecilia was in that fight. Gavin Tucker is a 10-0 pro as well. He yeah. was 9-0 coming into the UFC. And, and I feel like we probably should have mentioned Ryan Hall in there, too. Ryan Hall's 2-0 in that division. He doesn't fight all that often, but at least worth mentioning. Uh, uh, we're both huge Ryan Hall yeah. fans. As far as future <laughs> champion, though, probably not Ryan breakout Hall. star, I, I, whatever you want to say, uh, I'm fine with my pick of Shane Burgos. Yeah. All right. We'll move to men's 155, another stacked division, a million fighters in this division. But when you go down the list and you look for fighters with less than three fights, I see only a couple that really stand out. I, I feel like there's one in here who we should probably disqualify. Uh, Justin Gaethje only has one UFC fight, but Justin Gaethje... will disqualify. Yeah, I mean, like, he's, like, one fight away from a title fight. So let's... let's. I mean, we could both pick Justin Gaethje, but let's not both pick Justin Gaethje. So for me, and I'm just gonna... And should we do the same thing for Ill Will Brooks? Yeah, although I wouldn't pick him as a title challenger right now. I mean, he's looked awful in the UFC. So here's where I'm going. I have you have two guys who are three and zero: David Timer, Beast, and Joaquim Silva out of Brazil, both three and zero in the UFC so far. Josh Emmett is two and one. Massively impressed with him. Mm-hmm. He's a team alpha male fighter, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, he is. Yeah, we had him on the show too. He's yeah. uh, you know had some trouble with a dislocated finger, but uh, you know, really good fighter too. I'm going to pick my first guy who actually has a losing record, and it's just because I oh, find wow. him so exciting. I'm going with Lando Venata. He's 1-2 oh. and two in the UFC. He competed at 155 and has now since dropped to 150. Uh, uh, fought at 170 uh, originally. Sorry. Now right. he's at 155. And now he's right. at 155. So I'm going with Lando Venata. Very exciting fighter. Yeah, I'm actually going to go with uh, another 1-0 fighter. Big surprise out of me. I'm going to go with Des Green. Um, Des Green it just really impressed me because he beat Josh Emmett in his UFC debut, um, which is, you know, no easy task to begin with. His wrestling is really, really good, and I just see that as like an avenue to the top if his striking continues to get better. 
All right, fair enough. So we'll move then to 170. Again, another stack division from 145. Should, should we outlaw CM Punk? Because I felt like you were going to take CM nah, Punk. I was not going to take CM oh, Punk. Oh, okay. Um, so <laughs> you look at when you look at 3-0, and you have Mickey Gall, who's fought two cupcakes in CM Punk. And um, what was the first guy he fought that never had oh, another Mike, MMA Mike fight? Jackson, Mike Jackson, also a friend of the show. <laughs> uh, that's fine. And Al- Alberto Mina, Soldier he, of God. I feel God. like he hasn't fought in a long-ass time, though. He's, Mina hasn't. He's 3-0, and uh, jiu-jitsu champion. He last fought Mike Pyle and got a flying KO, yeah. a flying knee mm. KO. But that wasn't was, that- how long ago? July of 2016. Yeah, so it's been out a year. Yep. It's been a year. Uh, I am going to go with, God, Mina's good. You know what? I'm going to go with my boy, Mickey Gall, because I like the jiu-jitsu. I like that he trains with the Millers. I know he's beaten two cupcakes, but I'm going with Gall. I- I'm going to go with JT Money, Jesse Taylor. Uh, wow. One and one in the division, but dude, how good did he look against Diego Lima? I mean, he looked like a fucking killer, and he knows that he's on his, like, last string of hope, right? Like, he's a guy who, like, had to get his head right, and now that it's right, dude, he's he's beating some killers. So, I, I like Jesse Taylor. If I had to pick somebody under three fights, mm. I think it's got to be him. I think that's crazy, but... Okay. Hey, it's your pick. <laughs> um, and you went with a lot of young one and zero prospects. And he's not young, though. He is he's, not young. So I needed to up my portfolio here. All right. Uh, we'll move to middleweight then. And I like Jesse Taylor too. Future champion, breakout star. Eh, maybe not. But I respect what you did there. So middleweight gets a little tougher, right? Yeah. Um, you have no one who's three and zero. You have three guys who are two and one: Gerald Mearshart, Jack Marshman, and Marvin Vittori. I like Mearshart, again, friend of the show. A little bit older, right? He's 29. I mean, that's yep. not awful. And but he's got a lot of mileage on him, too, because he's had 40 career fights already. And I love the jiu-jitsu out of Gerald Mearshart. Uh, he has a arm bar and an anaconda choke in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And Come- one of them over a serious BJJ black belt, too, in Ryan Jaynes. Coming off a loss, but here's who I'm going with. I'm going with Jack Marshman. He's 2-1. and one. He's the Welsh fighter who I think his hand are sickening. Uh, his one loss was via a spinning wheel kick to Tiago Santos. So, mm. you know, I call it maybe a little freaky. Yeah, but it's freaky. He has a TKO win over Magnus Sedenblad and then a decision unanimous over Ryan Jaynes. I'm going with Jack Marshman. I'm very excited by his prospects. Yeah, I'm going with uh, a guy. We're going to go 2-0 this time. I'm not going to get all the way up to three fights. But I'm going with Paulo Boracina. Uh, Paulo Boracina, you, you talked about some heavy hands out of Jack Marshman. This is a guy with serious TKO power. Uh, knocked out Gareth McClellan in his first fight and crushed Olawale and Bang Boche in his second fight. And now he's got a date with freaking Johnny Hendricks in New York City. Uh, this guy's on like a short list right to the top, and he is freaky big. I have no idea how that man makes 185. Uh, he's an absolute tank, and I think that he's got Brazilian star written all over him. So we're moving to uh, 205, and this should almost be cheating because he has less than, or he has three fights or less than the UFC, and that man is Vulcan Ozdemir. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll you che- get the freebie on that one. I'll get the freebie on that one. Uh, he's beaten Ovin St. Pru. He has beaten, um, who's his second fight? Uh, Misha Serkinov. Yeah. With and, that, and now he's beat Jimmy Manawa. And now beaten Jimmy Manawa. I couldn't feel better about the prospects of Vulcan Ozdemir. We still need to see more, right? I yeah, mean, yeah, like, we, it, but... But we need to see more of anybody who's who's got less than three fights in the U- or three or less fights in the UFC. Right? Absolutely. Like, 
So I'm going to go. There's a couple of good picks in this division too, because you have also. Uh, I, I mean, you got Jer- or, uh, Jordan Johnson. Two. I'm actually not going to pick, but he is two and zero. My pick's going to be Tyson Pedro. Tyson Pedro has two wins in the UFC, and they're decent names. I mean, they're not Volkan Ozdemir good names, but he submitted Khalil Roundtree in his debut. And he TKO'd Paul Craig in his second fight. Uh, and on top of all that, again, going with the youth here, the dude's only 25. Mm. So, I mean, the dude's 25. He works with Jackson. And he's got those two wins under his belt. I mean, sky's the limit for this dude. Training with freaking John Jones all day. That's a great, great pick. Um, that could be, out of everyone we've picked, I actually think that might be the most surefire future champion. Uh, yeah. Ozdemir probably, too. Yeah. You know, Ozdemir I, will be in the mix. I'm but. just shocked by the way that, he, you know, in, in his wins haven't just been like, uh, I clipped him. Because, you know, Ozdemir, you can say what you want about Ozdemir. But he's got two wins that only took 30 seconds. Like, we didn't see very much of Vulcan Ozdemir in his last two fights. Does he have crazy power? Yeah, but does he have a complete game? We're not positive yet, right? Like, but we've seen all we could see of Tyson Pedro. I mean, not only did he outbox Paul Craig, but then he outgrappled Paul Craig, who is notably a grappler. Uh, he put him in a crucifix and finished him TKO style from there. So he's got a lot of different elements to his game. All right, we move to heavyweight. This is a division starving for prospects. It's like Derek Lewis won, wins one or two fights. He all of a sudden becomes a household name. Yeah. Obviously, Naganu has looked very impressive, and I'm happy for Naganu, a uh, friend of the show as well. Uh, he is a mega prospect, but when you go down the list and you look at, there are 20 fighters with less than three fights at the heavyweight division, and granted, uh, six of them were just signed names that people have never heard of, so they're O and O. But then when you look at fighters with less than three fights, uh, there, I mean, there's almost no one. You know, there are two people in the win column. Alexander Volkov is two and O. Who's almost? It almost seems like cheating too, right? Because he's a Bellator champ, right? Yeah. And Justin Ledette is two and O. I like Justin Ledette a lot because I like his boxing skills. I'm going to go with Justin Ledette. Who are you going with? Uh, so I'd like your pick of Justin Ledette, too, because I'm going to say the even more impressive thing about Justin Ledette, too, is while your first thought is, damn, he's got good boxing hands, right? And he's got good boxing knowledge. We've even talked, like, boxing breakdowns with him. He also submitted a dude in his second fight. So I, I, I really, really like his prospects. You, you kind of stole the one I was looking for. Um... Oh, putting let's, you on the spot. Who are you going to yeah. go with? Uh, let's go with Junior Abini. Um, he just knocked out uh, Tim Johnson in Long Island. Uh, he's only 1-0, mm. uh, but he's 1-0 with a good BJJ background. Now we know he's got uh, some solid hands, and now he's ranked number 14th in the UFC.com rankings, too. So uh, as a, a guy who's got a short path to the top, maybe, uh, Junior Abini might be an interesting pick. All right. Well, it's funny that we ended on heavyweight. It's almost like we planned it that way, Gumby, because we had a chance to catch up with a rising heavyweight prospect. We talked to him about uh, the division as a whole, whether he thinks it's weak or strong, how it is hurting for prospects. We spoke with Arjun Buller, who is a Canadian fighter of Indian heritage, and uh, it was kind of exciting to talk about the fact that he's BFF with um, 
the WWE, I guess he's the world champion now, or he might they, be They've the got former. more belts than they ever did when I was a child. Don't get me off on set. a rant, but <laughs> friends with Jinder Mahal. So we talked to him about that, and I want to play that interview for you now. It's a good interview. You don't want to miss it. This is a heavyweight prospect with Olympian. 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 Yeah. Why didn't one of us pick him? We're idiots, but I guess we didn't <laughs> want to come off as biased because we had him on the show today. So this interview is brought to you by... Band coffee. Band coffee makes the world's strongest coffee. It's like a punch in the face. If a punch in the face tasted great and had a, a beautiful aroma, you can go to bandcoffee.com, enter in promo code TOPTURTLEMMA, all one word, not case sensitive, and get yourself a 20% off discount. Band coffee brings you our interview with UFC fighter Arjun Buller. This is Daniel Gumby Vreeland here with my co-host Dave Tremonte, and we are talking to Arjun Buller, who fights Luis Henrique on UFC 215 in Edmonton on September 9th. Uh, Arjun, uh, wrestling to MMA is a pretty standard transition these days, uh, but what led you to kind of make the switch? Uh, you know what? It was something that uh, was, was uh, in, in the back of my mind um, for many, many years and sort of came to the front of my mind heading into the Olympics. It was... Uh, something I had, uh, you know, grown uh, excited about watching many people I'd competed against and trained with uh, already, you know, make, make the transition and become successful. Um, you know, and as, as an elite wrestler, usually you start you know, very young. I've been doing it since I was in diapers. So uh, it, was, it was a good change, and, um, and it was just something that, uh, that was natural, as you just said. Yeah, and so you, you mentioned a little bit that it was natural. So, I mean, you qualified for the London Olympics. Uh, how, how is preparing for an Olympic contest different than preparing for a fight, which, you know, you now have, you know, almost a, uh, a dozen fights under your belt? Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the key reasons wrestlers do so well because, you know, getting to an Olympic Games, you know, becoming a world team member, what have you, all those matches, all that experience, all that training, those those lessons learned along the way, there's very few sports that can emulate that and get you what you need to get to a high level in the sport of wrestling. Um, and that transitions over so well. So, um, you know, like I said, after heading into the Olympics, I knew I was going to make the switch, and uh, and I was excited to do so right after. Yeah. Awesome. And, and so we're talking about wrestling uh, being just such a natural switch to MMA, but if you look at the heavyweight division in the UFC now, which is the, the top promotion, there's not a lot of wrestlers left on the top. I mean, Stipe Miocic uh, wrestled a little bit in college. Cain Velasquez has been hurt, uh, and, you know, he's up there, but he's been out for a while. And outside of that, uh, you know, we probably only characterize, you know, maybe Curtis Blades out of the top 15ers. What do you think is the reason why there are less uh, less wrestlers at the top of heavyweight now? Um, you know what? It's just, uh, that's, that's an interesting point that, that, that you uh, point out there. It's, it, when you look at it, though, I, I, you don't have uh, a huge number of the wrestlers in the heavyweight division, which I'm okay with, but uh, for the ones that are in there are having success. That's, yeah. I think, the key to this. Um, you got Deepa, you got Kane. Curtis is doing well as a, as a, as a young prospect. Um, wrestling is the key um, skill set to have, especially in the heavyweight division. You know, predominantly in the heavyweight division, you got hands and you got takedowns. That's what's going to really... Uh, set you apart um you know aside from that the submissions are 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 not not as great um and some of the other skill sets in the other divisions um but it, but if you have that you're doing well in, in in the heavyweight division and i'm excited man some of these guys the heavyweight division have been around for a very long time i've been watching them since the pride days but uh i'm excited to get in there and mix it up with them 
Yeah, and, and you kind of alluded to this too, so I, I, I want to ask, you know, with there being so few wrestlers in there, do you feel like that's something that you can exploit as you move through the heavyweight division? For sure. Uh, you know, any if you look at the lineage of wrestlers in the heavyweight division, from Mark Coleman on down, they've dominated. Every every single generation, um, the wrestlers have been at the top of the heap um, in there, you know, from Randy, like I said, Mark Coleman. Um, you, you know, you, you, you take a look at any of those guys. Um, that have stuck around for a long time at the top, the wrestlers. It's, it's you know, because end of the day, if, if you're a heavyweight and you're swinging hands, anything can happen at that weight class. So um, if you can dictate a fight with takedowns, uh, it allows for longevity as well. You know, you mentioned the name Mark Coleman, and it was something I was just about to ask you because it, it, there are going to be comparisons. You know, you being uh, an Olympic wrestler, you qualified for the London Olympics, and then, of course, you throw out names like Mark Coleman, Dan Henderson, Daniel Cormier, Yoel Romero. For people new seeing you fight, is there an MMA style you think you're closest to out of that group, the, the guys who came from an Olympic wrestling background? For sure, you pick and choose. Um, each one of those guys, this guy... You know, every one of them did something well, and and you and you try to you know put your puzzle together um, and design your own game accordingly. But I think the key to that is each one has shown a blueprint for success, um, and that's really why I got hooked in with AKA. I'm like, look, I'm, I'm in the heavyweight division. I'm coming from a wrestling uh, background. Um, you know, you got Daniel Cormier, you got Kane Velasquez. They've got the blueprint to reach the top of the mountain. Um, so you know, follow that path. Why not? Um, so so I think that's the key when looking at these guys, but. Man, you bring back some some memories. What you know? Remember Coleman going to the '92 Olympics, watching his highlight video. Henderson, uh, even Cormier, man. When I was wrestling, looking up to him. Uh, you know, these are guys that uh, are legends in the sport of wrestling, uh, and, and crossed over into the mainstream with MMA. Mm-hmm. And and let's so let's talk a little bit about the two we've been talking about at the top with Kane Velasquez. Uh, he's kind of rumored to be the next challenger for Stephen Miocic's title. Uh, what do you think of that matchup? In in how do you think that the wrestling game plays out in that one? You know what, Kane all day, always. And, uh, you know, uh, when you're, you're part of a team, you always back your guy, but it makes sense to back him. He When he's on point, uh, healthy, um, you know, he's he run through everybody. There there hasn't been, you know, uh, really competitive fights when he's on point. So, um, you know, I, that would be interesting because they're both wrestlers, but I think uh, Kane has wrestled at a higher level. Um, and just his, his, his volume is... is uh, amount of, uh, you know, of, of work he puts in into a fight, um, it's, it's, it's tough to deal with. So I, I just don't see anyone in the heavyweight division trying to keep up with his work. Yeah, very well said. Uh, you know, switching topics, wanted to ask you, you're the first fighter of Indian descent to fight in the UFC, or at least one of the first, I believe. Uh, and this comes shortly after WWE just recently had their first world champion of Indian descent. Uh, know you were born in Canada, obviously represented Canada in the Olympics, but do you feel it's important to represent your heritage as well as your nationality on the international stage? For sure. When making that transition, that... that um, that I guess moment in history or, or, or part of my legacy that I could add to, um, you know, was was very evident to me. I am the first. Anytime you're the first, it's always uh, it's always uh, I guess unique. You open up the doors for many others um, after that. So for sure that you know I, I take that very seriously and very proudly. Uh, I'm honored to be the first and open the door for many others down the line and, and grow the sport in India, um, bridge east and west. Uh, that's a market every major sport's trying to crack and and. I think the UFC's got to jump on, on, on everybody else through me. Um, and, you know, Jinder's my man. He's coming up to my fight. <laughs> he just texted me two days ago. Uh, he's flying out with my family and friends. 
Um, he's coming out to the fight to support me. And uh, he's a native Albertan, so he's he's from Alberta. Um, so it's going to be a fun time. I think he's, he, we've known each other for 10, 12 years now. He's a, he's a great guy. Oh, wow. Has he ever done any MMA training with you? Um, yeah. I don't know if you've seen the video. You got a, last I looked, they had a couple hundred thousand hits on it. But uh, he came by before his Punjabi prison match with Orton, and we got a workout in together for sure. It was fun. <laughs> he's uh, he, he, I'm a big pro wrestling fan. I grew up on that stuff, like, I'm sure you guys and, and lots of other guys in the wrestling kind of, uh, uh, you know, lifestyle. But uh, he wrestled a little bit uh, in, at the high school level uh, before he transitioned over. And uh, he's a great dude. At the end of the day, we're, we're Indian brothers as well. So, uh, you know, anything I can do to support him, I always will. And I'm grateful he's coming out to my de- debut. Who was your favorite pro wrestler growing up? I'm guessing Bret Hart because of Canadian heritage. You got to go with heart. You know, <laughs> I, I loved him. I also loved the heels. I loved Iron Sheet coming from an Olympic wrestling oh, background. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, my brother had an uh, ultimate warrior. Uh, uh, you, uh, one of those guys you, you, sleep, you sleep with. Uh, oh, uh, with yeah. The, the buddy, yeah, the wrestling buddies. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, those, those, yeah, yeah, those soft ones. He still has it, too. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, man. It, we grew up on that stuff. And actually, you know what? I hadn't been to a live event since, uh, since i was a kid next thing i know uh, wrestlemania was in san jose uh, just the year before last mm-hmm. and i was down there training and i'm like i gotta get out there so uh, my my nephews flew up from vancouver and we checked out mania uh, it, it was a phenomenal yet dx nwo sting undertaker it was phenomenal <laughs> Hell of an event. Uh, you know, I think I remember seeing a video actually at that WrestleMania of Daniel Cormier marking out, as they say, when uh, Seth Rollins cashed in the uh, money in yeah. the bank briefcase. That was, that was funny. Uh, so, listen, uh, I could talk pro wrestling to you all day, but what I want to get back to is you're fighting Luis Enrique next. Uh, he has two submission wins in the UFC so far. Being a wrestler, uh, you know, is that something you're factoring in? Obviously, I'm sure you're you're confident that you could stop a takedown, but do you worry about going to the ground with him, being that he does have a submission game there? No, we are we are ready. We are focused. We're on point. Uh, come that night, we'll take the fight wherever we want and, and dominate. Um, I've already faced Brazilians from Brazil in the regional circuit. Black belts have brought in. I've fought, I've fought all types uh, in, in terms of on the regional scene of southpaws, orthodox, um, tall, short, submission specialists, wrestlers. Um, I've got a little bit of everything uh, just to get a taste of all that before I get to the show. So our development process was great, um, and our training is on point, and um, we're, 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 we're focused on ourselves and what we can do, and we're excited. Well, very exciting, Arjun. We're very excited to see you make your UFC debut. Arjun will be fighting Luis Enrique at UFC 215 in Edmonton on September 9th. Uh, we can't thank you enough for the time here today, and we wish you the best of luck in that fight. Gentlemen, I thank you so much for, for the opportunity to chat. Um, I'm a, I was a big fan of Flow Wrestling back in the day. Still am. Now Flow Combat. Um, I, I look forward to working with Flow for, for many years to come, and I thank you. There you have it, Gumby. Arjun Buller. Yeah, and I... I... I liked his interview because uh, there was a lot of depth to it. I mean, you got to fanboy out about WWE for a little while, which is always a pleasure for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I liked uh, 
you know, talking about the the Olympic background, sort of uh, the how to make a switch between wrestling and MMA, why it was so natural for him. It was a a nice all around kind of felt like we got some depth in a, a big MMA lull. Yeah, I'm a I'm an Arjun Buller fan. I thought he was very well spoken, and I love any time an Olympian comes into the UFC. It'll be very interesting to see how they market him as well, because obviously India has a very large population. Mm-hmm. We know that Dana White loves when someone brings a whole country to the oh, table. Oh yeah, he does love that. <laughs> I.e. McGregor. Uh, but yeah, very interesting. So uh, Gumby, you're an MMA nerd. We spoke a little bit today about prospects, about getting outside the UFC bubble. What would you say to an MMA fan who's just frothing at the mouth, uh, foaming at the mouth for some action because the UFC isn't around for another two weeks? Give us, uh, you know, a, a weather forecast for outside the UFC bubble. So if you have your uh, your Flow Combat subscription, they do have six fight cards on this weekend so you can get plenty of mma in your face the one i would suggest checking out is uh cage combat 29 it's a promotion out of texas they got three title fights going on this weekend including a really fun one uh involving a real hot prospect in alonzo sanchez who's a lightweight um with a ton of finishes on his record i'd also suggest checking out warfare uh fighting championship 16 uh which is down in south carolina they usually put on some pretty nice fights as well and you could get all that with the flow combat subscription our mothership we have just done a giant flow combat commercial <laughs> today i hope they appreciate it we appreciate them we appreciate our listeners we thank you so much follow us on twitter at Top Turtle MMA. I am David Tremonti. He is Daniel Gumby Vreeland. We'll be back next week with a preview of a fight maybe you've heard about. It's called Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. Take care.